Good evening and welcome to the Outpost Frequencies, brought to you by thelastmovieoutpost.com for all of your movie news, reviews and everything cool about films. I'm your host this evening, not George Lucas, and with me this evening is Drunken Yoda. Happy Easter, Georgie. How we doing? Oh, Easter, it's it's a wonderful time of year. It's the time of year that we remember that Jesus killed the Easter Bunny in Mortal Kombat. And the Easter Bunny, on its dying wish, said that um, uh, everybody should have chocolates. And so Jesus gives chocolate to everybody. I don't know how you celebrate over there, but our, our tradition is to eat lots of chocolate and to kill rabbits. Um, Clearly, you've I, never read the Bible. Well, obviously. Um, but no, look, I... I all right, t- look. Jesus was, no, I'm going to tell the real story here. Jesus was, uh, died for our sins. He was nailed up on a cross. He died for our sins. They took him down after he died. You know, they put him in the tomb. They rolled the stone across the tomb. Three days later on Easter, they roll it back. And if he sees his shadow, it's six more weeks of winter. Uh, Right. Okay. Just like in that um, movie, uh, uh, Punk's Tony Phil. Yes. Very okay. much so. No, see the tradition. Let's hope here, Jesus didn't have to relive the crucifixion day after day after day. <laughs> that would be a bad day suck. to get the groundhog on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the um, no over here the the tradition is to eat lots of chocolate and to kill rabbits. And I, not to brag, have done fifteen today. The rabbits? pet shop owner, yeah, killed fifteen rabbits. Holy the pet shit. shop owner was not happy, um, but then he shouldn't have been open on a Sunday, so it's oh. kind of his own fault. <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> Those kids will not forget Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Send the police, please. I'm, I'm, please. No, it's it's an English tradition. Sure, it is. Um, you do that with uh, with foxes and, and all sorts. And it's an English tradition. You just got to kill something at, at some time of the year on a on a on a holiday. Christmas is a bloodbath over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we kill. You know, that's when baby Jesus was born. So we kill babies. Lots and lots of babies. Didn't that actually happen though? Didn't didn't Herod have them killed? Yeah, that's how you yeah. celebrate, as I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, stunt the next generation. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, judging from Jed Z, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't really want these people to have the future. Um, <laughs> so let's let's go through some of the news ever so briefly, just whilst we're t- I should also say as well because it's the um, Eggy. Weggy was going to join us, but unfortunately he has um, family commitments. We obviously know where his priorities lie, you know, with his family. Um, and Sean is the same. Um, I did say that Sean was nailed to a cross, which has got nothing to do with an Easter parade or anything else. It's just that his local friends uh, saw him, uh, saw the live stream last week and decided to nail him to a cross. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's either that. I know his in-laws are visiting, so it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's a shame they're not with us. But uh, hopefully, Aggie will be joining us, and Sean will be back next okay. week. Is it is it a shame they're not joining us, or is it a shame that we're so dead inside that we have no family to speak of that would want to even spend any holiday? That we're just miserable old bastards. That that yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I come here to get away from this. <laughs> This therapy session's awful. <laughs> they, always, they always take a left turn, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Every week, I never learn. Um, oh, if I was paying for this, I'd be angry. Um, 
so um, in the news, just trying to see what what, what was news. Well, um, everybody's favourite, Brie Larson, is now joining the family because she's now going to be in the new Fast and Furious film. Um, uh, I know that's point of order. That's family with a B. Is it? Yes. Why is it? Why is it with a B? I don't know, but that's how Vin Diesel pronounces it. Family. Fam- family. Family. Fam- but but in a much more sort of. <coughs> Family. Yeah, way. you got yeah. it. With a gruff there. Um, I mean, they keep saying this is the last one, but I don't imagine that's true. Uh, it's the 10th one. The last one, you know, everybody joked about them going into space, but they actually took a car into space. Where else can they go? Time travel. Um, <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> They could go back and kill Paul Walker and oh, yeah. David Diesel with the train at the, in the first one. <laughs> no, no, really go for it. It's like uh, uh, Vin Diesel's right there with the three. The, the, he and, and uh, uh, what's what's the Ludacris? He and Ludacris yeah. and Michelle Rodriguez are all there right in front of the baby Jesus. Yeah, truly, this is the King of Kings. Yeah. Yeah, and then jump, the then jump a, then jump a, a GTO over it. Yeah, that could be their mission. They've got to save Jesus from being crucified. That's right. And yeah. to do that, they have to jump the pyramids. That's how they lose the sphinx nose. <laughs> Complete another crossover of every culture in the world, and then they have to fight Perseus and the. That's right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I can't imagine many Fast and Furious fans would be very good on historical accuracy. I think they would think, oh, this is, did this really happen? <laughs> Dude, this is like so awesome. I'm like learning like from history and stuff. This is like amazing. Um, I know everybody seems to hate Brie Larson I, I, because of the whole Captain Marvel thing. I mean, funny enough, Captain Marvel was on TV last night and I did watch some of it. It's not the greatest of films. And... I do, if you're looking at it from the whole female empowerment and, you know, thing that, yes, she is overly powerful and everything else, but it's not a bad movie, I don't think. No, if it, it's a bad movie. Really? Yeah. The problem is, is that, okay, what exactly does that character have to overcome? Um, she had a little memory loss? She was little. Yeah, no, I was going to say when she was little and she had that car accident and then she was in oh, God, climbing no, on the ropes you and know, stuff. She's, she, like, she, like she has to get away from the oppression of her father trying to keep her from killing herself horribly, constantly. She's she's wrecking a, a go-kart. She's taking, you know, fastballs to the head. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be like trying to stop you too if I was your dad. You're obviously a lunatic, and, and she, and then she's just she's got all the power in the world, and she's just held down by the man, by the oppressor, by the patriarchy, or something. And and it's just a lot of nonsense. It's like, oh, you need to control your emotions. I barely saw her crack an emotion in that entire movie. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Her her, her character had um, all one dimension. Um, it is, is it, so so it's the last Fast and the Furious movie. You're adding Brie Larson. That's not good. Brie Larson was in Kong Skull Island, and the next two MonsterVerse <laughs> movies were terrible. The phase four of Marvel is going down the shitter since she's been added to it. Is Brie Larson like your franchise shark jump? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got to give her room because that was very good. 
Yeah, but it wasn't a franchise. Well, it was just know, it was just her griff to get into the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got she got nominated for an Oscar. Quick, um, let's 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 pin her down. Um, okay, then. So Superman still may be going ahead. Um, but then later on in the week, we had that Warner Brothers are having like a massive reshuffle of of everything that's going on with DC, and that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. It almost sounds like there's some people at Discovery that are adults. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed because they seem to be like, yeah, all that stuff you're doing with DC, which is one of your most valuable properties. Uh, that's enough, please. Yeah. All of you get yeah. the fuck out. And uh, that's I, no, 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 no. You misunderstand. I had a 30 year plan. <laughs> <laughs> In, in 30 years, it would have made a lot of sense. Don't get rid of me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I, I, I still hear people just saying, bring back the Snyderverse. The reason why you want to bring back the Snyderverse because everything else in the DC universe, minus maybe Shazam, is garbage. Yeah. And Whedon clearly screwed it up. Although I'm, I give Whedon 50% of the blame. Because of just him being him, but there was a whole bunch of studio bullshit in it too, and re reshoots and everything else um, that put him in a terrible position. Yeah. Um, and not that he didn't make the worst of that opportunity, but still. And I I think it's I think Discovery's coming in there and saying, look, you guys are making this way too. I I mean, I would like to see if you're gonna do Superman, you mean to make the tone more like Shazam. I don't mean like childish and everything, but bright and optimistic. Yeah. It's okay to make Batman dark and gritty, but you don't make every fucking thing dark and gritty because Batman's <laughs> dark and gritty. Yeah. He's not. Like, I, I suppose they had the success of the dark Knight and, and Batman begins and the Nolan, the Nolan Batmans, which were all very dark and gritty and whatnot. And I suppose from that point, they sort of thought, Oh, maybe we just need to keep that tone up because that seemed to work. Maybe. But what they didn't realize was, you know, you also had Nolan behind it who, you know, I mean, I know not everybody's a fan of The Dark Knight and everything else, but it was a huge, massive success and, and did incredibly well at the box office. I, I mean, yeah, that's the problem with these guys. They're very short-sighted. They say, oh, yeah. this worked. So let's make the Bridget Jones movie dark and gritty <laughs> and, you know. I mean, does, that's their mindset. Does need a cape? I mean, yeah, she, she needs a cape and a cow. Yeah, we need yeah. to murder her parents in an alley. <laughs> that's a good stuff for any, for any kind of... Uh, Actually, I'm kind of, kind of talking myself into this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it would make an interesting yeah, twist on that. The other good but bad news, I think you sort of um, mentioned it in your entertainment news about good things that we cannot no longer enjoy. The Orville looks like it's been cancelled. Are you a fan of the Orville? I am because yes. obviously you know it is I know how you feel about Star Trek and it's it's it, it's, it's definitely it's a, it is it is head and shoulders above anything that is currently Star Trek no yeah. doubt in comparison to great Star Trek it's got it's got a ways to go but it's heart is in the right place there's some there's some there's a few things that I don't like um the whole Mocklin thing, that's the, the race of all males that reproduce right. that way. Yeah. I mean, 
then if they do that, then why are they so anti-female or why do females sometimes come around? It makes it makes zero sense from an evolutionary and biological standpoint. And it's all just a kind of a trans or feminist or it's just a way to put some current year issues on. Fortunately, they don't have many of those episodes, but it's I those know, are really I, bad. I see. It's funny. I know what you mean, but I don't feel that the message is being rammed down my throat with them. I I do for the most part, but just oh. those, just those. Okay. Okay. The rest that's of fair, them, that's fair enough. just the rest of the ones, they may have a message. Like there, there was a one where they did about the social. They they visited a planet that was very similar to twenty first century Earth, and everybody. The justice system was basically everybody upvoting or downvoting you on some sort of social media to the point that you actually had a, a everybody had a badge. You had a green arrow or a red arrow on it. You could just hit it and da- up, yeah. up and downvote. Yeah, yeah, I remember it now, yeah. And if you down, got downvoted, no, you had to go on an apology tour. And if the apology tour didn't work, then you would go to some sort of um, lobotomy, basically. Um, but people acted... It's kind of I don't know. I mean it 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 was like it was like a black Black Mirror episode, you know. Yeah, I was just gonna. Yeah, the, and, um, funny enough, I watched Black Mirror again this, yeah. uh, in the last few weeks, and yeah, it's very much like that episode. Wasn't nearly as subtle, but that show I don't expect it to be necessarily as subtle or as well thought out sometimes as Black Mirror. But that doesn't mean. Like I like the message of the episode as a secondary thing, and the rest of it was fairly entertaining, if not a little bit, you know, in your face. Mm. But there's been some really like I think the whole thing with the um, the mechanical race of Isaacs mm. that turned out to be evil, and then he he turned against his people. But he's he's very interesting because unlike spock or even data to a certain extent uh, i think i think that star trek had to give data the emotion chip or had to play with the emotion chip to make him yeah. have those kinds of so you could make him more relatable mm-hmm. and with isaac they have never tried to give him emotions they no. have never they, he makes he makes very subtle decisions and you don't you know and he turned against his people and he clearly, he is trying to figure out how to, like he started up a relationship with Claire, which is yeah. the doctor. Yeah. And that whole thing I think is done brilliantly because this, this guy is trying, but why is he trying? We try because we have an emotional impetus. Need. To try. And, yeah, and need, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why? Why are you and I doing this every week? Because we have an emotional need to try to accomplish something or just to have fun or to get, you know, there's something yeah. you know, primal about the whole thing of everything that we do, right? You get married, you protect your kids and your wife or you love a girl or whatever, you know, whatever it is that, that your passion is, it's always sort of a deep-seated emotion. But he didn't have that and yet he has something that is driving him to do things differently than the rest of his people. And what is that? I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to really understand that. And whether those, or not those it's... Two, 
I was yeah, just going to say those two particular episodes were just were brilliantly done. Yeah. The whole space battle and everything else. They were just they were they were fantastic bits of TV. And when I mean I I know that my initial thoughts of the Orville was going to be Family Guy in space, and it kind Which, of it kind of was it was it was leaning too hard into weird into dumb jokes at the beginning. But then, after a while, you really start to care for all the characters, you yep. know, and you really like everybody, and you you want to follow their stories, even what's his name, Bortis, and all that kind of thing. Because I know um, Stark uh, keeps going keeps going on about that particular episode with the with the where he installs the porn hologram, and then it <laughs> enters a virus into the ship and stuff. But again, it's I think that you know. Obviously, like I say, there is the message there, but it's not. I don't feel that the message is being rammed down my throat with episodes and stuff. And I think no, that's kind of a breath I, of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek certainly had more than enough message episodes. Not yeah. all of them great, um, but it was never sacrificing character or or writing good writing or it would try to show both sides it would let it was smart enough to, it was trying to let you make the decision on stuff and i think for the most part the orville does that um which is difficult in this day and age yeah but i i think there's and and when it's not trying to ram a message when it's doing something like the isaac episodes which is just exploring a very alien um view of humans really yeah yeah view of humans and and an alien motivation to care Mm. but not in a way that we can understand because we are motivated by animal biological emotional passions right it is completely mechanical and yet it has still got this primal desire to care for somebody but in a way that we can't understand i find that fascinating i find Mm. that idea fascinating can we grow beyond? I mean, it's almost like the, I'm, I'm going to go back to Star Trek, the motion picture here, but it's like, can we be more than what we are? Yeah. You know, can a computer get beyond logic and find something? Can it, can it make that leap? Vidra had to do it by merging with a human. Isaac did it without doing that. So with that, then, do you think, I think it was Eggie who, who made it, it, said it in the talk back about how basically the new Star Trek, the fan, the Star Trek fans seems to dislike the new Picard seems to be kind of just a, a joke of itself. It is. And yet, and yet here comes along this parody of Star Trek, which is loved by the fans. And so they seem to cancel it. And it's kind of, is it, a, do you think it's a case of, no, don't enjoy that because that's, no, that's not real Star Trek. Enjoy what we give you. Don't, don't enjoy this. What was my moral? Don't, don't like stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, as soon as you do, it gets taken away from yeah. you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they did it with Firefly. Um, they did it with the yeah. first Star Trek. And I'm sure everybody can think of some show or something that they really liked that didn't make it. And, you know, they'll... Carry on doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have come to the point to say, well, they say this is the end of the Orville. It's like, yeah, is it? Yeah, In five I, years, I, when they get everybody together, get contracts signed and everything, they make a few movies. I mean, who are we kidding here? Of course that'll happen. That's, it's funny, that's what I thought, because they sort of said that everybody's contracts has expired and so they're free to go. And I, I did think... 
Yeah, but, you know, just because they are free to go, it doesn't mean they want to go. You know, if you're, I mean, a lot of series that go on for a long time, I quite like the um, American Office, and you can obviously see that everybody just loves each other, all the outtakes and stuff. You know, they all get on really well. Why would you not want to work in an environment like that where you're working with your friends and having a laugh all day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was the interesting thing between the original series and The Next Generation. The original series, the cast didn't get on with each other too well. Mm. I think... I think Shatner and Nimoy generally liked and respected each other, but certainly had their problems. Of course, Sulu hated the guy. And the others, I think they kind of, I mean, I, I don't get the feeling that there was a, there was a huge T- tea bond and, tea and biscuits after, after each yeah. episode <laughs> filming but day. On the, on the, on the flip side, the next generation casts are extremely close with each other. Mm, yeah. uh, I mean, so much so that Gates McFadden, when she leaves, she she had to come back because she missed those guys. That was a big part of it. Her her only reason for leaving, as I understand it, was because Roddenberry was such a pill, and that guy that was running things for Roddenberry was a complete utter nutbag. Mm-hmm. And when they got rid of him, and Berman kind of took over, then she agreed to come back. But one of the reasons she agreed to come back is because she missed those people, mm-hmm. missed that cast, and they all. They all got along famously, from what I understand, So, and still do. Hmm. Speaking of another series, one that, I, I mean, I'm just going to bring this up because I'm excited about it, but one you probably haven't seen is Inside Number 9. Now, I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> it's funny enough, I thought they'd only done a couple of series, and when I looked it up, they, this is going to be their seventh series they've just had a trailer for. And I didn't realise, looking through, because, I mean, in Britain, we only do the six episodes at 30 minutes, so, I mean, it's <laughs> it's not like the, some of the like early American series, which are an hour long and 24 of them and everything else. This was just sort of short and sweet. But the the two guys that did it, Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith, they used to work with another guy called Mark Gatiss, who um, has just recently done the new Dracula um, on the BBC, which I wasn't a fan of, but the three of them used to be in what's called the League of Gentlemen, uh, not the Extraordinary League of Gentlemen, which is um, a terrible, terrible film. This was a just comedy series of just sketches that they found funny, a set in a fictional village called Royston Vasey and there were some really bizarre characters in there there, there was a there was a um what do you call him a, a butcher and he never said it but you got the impression that his sausages contained human flesh <laughs> <laughs> and stuff but like I say it was never said but you know people would come into the shop and say have you got any of the special sausages type of thing, you know, and no, I haven't got them anymore. I can't give them up now. I can't like, you know, and, 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 always kind of, and my, my, one of my favorite characters was, was this vet who had just the worst luck. And there's a sketch where he goes in to see this old farmer and he says, um, Oh, hello, Mr. Whatever his name is. He says, um, I've come to see you about old Bess. And she's going, Oh, my old Bess. She's been with me for so long now, but I think it's time for her to go. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very upset. So, but you know, you just yeah. And so anyway, this this guy walks out. So the the vet goes over to the dog sitting in front of the fire, and he goes, "There we go, old dear. It's it, you're going to be out of pain in just a little while. Don't worry." And he sort of gets his thing out of the bag, and he gives his dog an injection. And, nice. and then the old guy walks back in carrying a dog. And he oh says, no! <laughs> who's, and he says, "Who's that?" And he says, "Oh, this is all best. The one that needs putting down." And this one by the fire. Oh, that's my new Shep. She's my life and soul. She is. <laughs> and so, like, so the humor in it was 
dark. dark, yeah. Um, and it, it did get very, very weird. But inside number nine is basically just the two guys, but they just they play character, different characters in each and every episode. But some of the stories are absolutely fantastic, and some of them are very dark. Um, there's one about a girl who goes to um, house sit for somebody um, for an old person, and it turns out basically the old person has made a pact with the devil, and he needs a new human form to take into which is going to be this young girl and they're brilliantly twisted in eyes just if you get a chance on bbc america i'm sure it's on there inside number nine brilliant series there 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 is going to be episodes which will make you think and then some that will make you laugh and just is worth watching is this a new series or no like i say it's been out since well at least sort of six years ago because i say that this is the seventh season that they're going to be starting so like and, I say, it's but it's still run. It's a current series, though. Yeah, um, is it uh, like an anthology? Is that what? Oh yeah, it's a complete portmanteau. There's no relation to any of the episodes to any of the others. Oh, they are yeah, just yeah. you know different stories about different things, and some have vampires in. And I, I I think I spoke about this the other day that they had the an episode with Una Chaplin, who is um, Charlie Chaplin's daughter or granddaughter, um, and the entire episode was silent. It's about two guys breaking into a house and nobody says anything at all. And it's, again, it's very, very cleverly done. Um, And they take their inspiration, they said, from a lot of things like the Wicker Man and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, twisted. Is it more comedy or more horror or is it? It's a real mixture. I mean, some of them, like I say, there are some episodes where you, I still think about them now and think, oh, you know, that's the way it was played out was was actually really brilliant. And then some, you know, don't sort of strike so much of a chord, but then they might with other people. Um, and it's just, it's a very clever series and definitely because they're only half an hour. But I found that a lot of the stories for half an hour have been much more engaging than some of the stuff Hollywood's been churning out of late. So definitely worth checking out. What's it on? BBC America. Or if not over here, the BBC iPlayer. I wonder if it's on any of the other major streaming channels because I don't have BBC America per se. All oh, right. Um, um, I don't know. Um, like I say, I've got I've got um, BBC uh, the, the 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 iPlayer over here, so I can play on here. And I think it's streaming on the twentieth of April, which is was it Wednesday? Yes, the twentieth. So they've got the whole series streaming. So I will be quite happy to sit down and binge watch the entire series. Um, but like I say, I, I, I like I say I love them. I think they I think they're great. So if you get a chance to check them out, definitely do. Oh, no, this sounds awfully British to me. <laughs> British and dark and not funny and um, people with bad teeth. Yes, it covers all the bases. <laughs> so um, right, let's talk about then Easter. What's the best? Well, I was going to I was going to talk about one more. I was going to talk about one more thing I saw this weekend, and it's, I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of falls into this because it was a, was it a religious movie? I guess it kind of was, or it certainly dealt with it. But it's called Father Stew, right? And it's a true story about a, about a basically a dipshit, who becomes a priest. He's called Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah, real stretch on the casting there, by the way. Uh, uh, no, Wahlberg was good, and the guy is not—he's he, a dipshit, but he's not a—he's not stupid. Right. He he, he sometimes he can see things 
um, somewhat clearly that others can't, or he has good answers to things, or he can kind of see through horseshit pretty well. Right. But he makes he's made some bad decisions in his life, and part of it is that his son or his son, his brother, uh, died just overnight one night, just some natural thing. We they they didn't really get into the reasons why, but it was as a child. He was a child. They were both kids still. And that broke up the marriage. Um, the father, who's played by Mel Gibson, is very hard on him and then left. His mother does his best with him. He decides he wants to be a boxer, which he does fairly well, but never hugely big deal. And he gets to a point where it's like, you can't box anymore. You're going to die. <laughs> so he decides he's going to be an actor. And he's a fairly good looking guy. They show pictures of him when he's young. He's, he's not a bad looking guy at all. But he he's like, I think he finally gets a uh, he, he calls his mom once and says, uh, watch during the young and the restless. I'm going to be on. <laughs> and she's thinking, oh, he's got a part in the young and the restless. And now he's got a part in a commercial to hawk mops. <laughs> 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 and it's she's like, oh, all right. And uh, he keeps drinking and and he's looking for more work. He's not really getting anywhere with it. And. This girl comes, he works at a grocery store and a girl comes in and falls for her just like immediately. She's a very Catholic girl. So he decides to go to church, basically goes to church to get, get laid. <laughs> That's why he decides to go to church. And That's probably one of the most reasons why most people go to yeah. church, isn't it? <laughs> but I, I, I'm being a little facetious. He really does care for her and he wants right. to be with her. And she's obviously doesn't want to be with him, but he kind of breaks her down. And then at one point, but he keeps drinking. At one point he's taking a motorcycle back. He's drunk and he is in a horrific accident. Like he barely misses a guy. Then he slams into a car and he flies off the bike. And then he gets run over by two more cars. I'm like, Oh my God, why isn't he dead? And so, and they think he is going to die, but he comes out of the coma and the girl, you know, really falls for him. And, but he, during the, so that's how you get a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nearly die. Yeah. Nearly um, serious bike accident, getting coma. Got it. <laughs> so he ends up having kind of a vision during while he's in the coma, thinking he saw the Mary because all this church stuff is starting to get to him right. uh, up until that point. And then he makes the decision. He's going to try to be a, priest and which really breaks the girl's heart because she's a good catholic girl and she finally banged him once and then he made a decision to be in the, so she's not happy with him and uh <laughs> but they end up staying friends well he gets into the seminary against all odds he makes it into the seminary the messignor is played by malcolm mcdowell who's pretty good in it and oh, uh malcolm mcdowell's always great yeah he is and then he he's he manages again he has a way of connecting with people especially like when he goes to a prison or something where the the people that go to seminary are people from pretty well-to-do sheltered backgrounds and he is not so when he goes into a prison wants to talk to him he's able to connect with them and get through to them in ways the other guys aren't hmm. and uh 
and you think, okay, looks like he's finally going to make it. And then he ends up getting muscular dystrophy or, or something similar to it. Some rare one that he shouldn't even be able to get at his age. But so he ends up just in a wheelchair and they don't want him to become a, they don't want to ordain him because they feel like he could, you know, spill wine and, you know, can't perform the duties of being a, a full pastor. Um, so he ends up going back home with his dad to his mom's back in Ohio, wherever they are. And, uh, you know, his struggles got his mom and dad to get back together, got him to make peace with his dad. And then they all come out from California back to whatever Midwest town that he's in. And the Monsignor said, you know, we fought for you. We're getting you ordained. And they have, they surprise him with this whole thing. And then he spends his days basically just taking confession at a, at a, what do you call it? Like a, a home, you know, where he has to stay because he can't be on his own, but he takes confession and there's like lines all around and he ends up going on TV and things like that. And, he ended up dying at the like the age of fifty. He wasn't very old, but uh, you know, obviously made enough of an impact to get a movie made about him. And this is a comedy. Uh it has funny <laughs> moments, but no, no. Sorry, it's, I was being facetious. And... Yeah. Oh, that was a joke. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, well, it sounds funny. Yeah, you're you're, <laughs> you're so out of practice. Uh, so, uh, you want to play? Let's play. Uh, <laughs> So the thing is that the, the you know the movie sounds good enough, and certainly the the acting chops and and the production value and everything is really good. The movie kept me engaged. Um, at the beginning, it was kind of irritating because they were running one boomer song after another <laughs> to reflect what was going on on the screen, and it just kept happening and happening. And I was like, going, oh, okay, that's enough. But that settled down, and as as I look back on it, it might have been a choice because all that music was kind of. It was you know they never it was done in almost an empty kind of way, and by the time you get to the end, there's none of that happening anymore. None of that music mm. is happening because now he's moved on to a different. Do we have mindset. any records about guys dying with muscular dystrophy? Um, yeah. <laughs> are there any songs about that? Not not too many. <laughs> but, I mean, if they're playing something, they're playing something a little bit more serious, something more that you would hear in a church, maybe, or something just okay. orchestral. Or they're just keeping it quiet. And that all works. So maybe that was a choice, but at the beginning I was kind of like, come on, you know, enough, I get it. Yeah. Um but otherwise, it was very engaging, and I cared about him. I cared about the characters. So I look at the Rotten Tomato score. Rotten Tomato score is what is it now? Let me see. Let me look it up here real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, the last I saw, the Rotten Tomato score was was under forty, and at this point, it's under. Uh, no, screw your ads. It's forty-two percent. Forty-two percent. But the audience score is 95%. It's it's so weird how Rotten Tomato scores are very, you know, some of the movies that have come out, and it's like the critics have given it 99%, and it's certified fresh. And yeah. It's like the it's most It's about some awful. woman fucking a fish monster, and that's supposed oh, to be amazing. Yeah, and it's just the most awful movie. And then the fa- the fans actually start to see it, and then it suddenly brings that score down to a sort of good good level. It's, it's actually a pretty decent judge. 
it actually was down in the 30s. It's come up. So I think that there's other reviews coming online that, now that it's out in theaters and people who couldn't yeah. get a screener for it. But I I mean, the, the audience score, you guys got two scores. You got the audience score and you got the mm. critic score. And I don't blame Rotten Tomatoes per se on this. I do blame them for embargoing <laughs> or calling it review bombing and wiping out audience scores and things like that when they're trying to push something. But as far as the scores themselves, all they're doing is counting up and saying, this is a po- the, you know, and a binary. Is this a positive or negative review? Yeah. It's more than 50% or 60%, then it's a positive. If it's less, then it's a negative. Or the critic decides whether it's rotten or fresh. I, I don't know how it all works, but I mean, that's... Like you could have like a hundred reviews all at fifty nine percent and it would be mm. considered rotten. Or mm. you could have, you know, a hundred reviews at one percent, it would also be considered rotten. Now which is the worst it, movie? Didn't they say recently that uh, one movie it wasn't it Paddington two had like a hundred percent, so it was technically a better film than Citizen Kane? Yeah, I mean that's that's you know you're trying to put mathematics to something that's so. I mean, obviously it is. You know, Paddington Two is obviously better, much better than Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane's in black and white for starters. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, (laughs) 1942 is no excuse. Uh, Well, whatever that was made, but I'm I'm just kind of like, it just shows me how the the journalism whether it's in movies politics you name it it doesn't matter anymore they are all in some sort of biodome that is cut off from the rest of the world they don't seem to have any understanding of what people care about or think about they don't have any connect i mean i don't know how you not connect to this guy and his problems Mm. in this movie i just don't know how you don't do it I mean, good God. He, well, he's, you know. he's not female for starters. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, the, if isn't that – okay, that's a good point. If you are making the most shallow, immutable parts of a person the most important parts of a person, that means you're an yeah. empty person, right? Yeah. 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 And empty people don't look at things like this as real or nice or good good story they, you know I, I guess that's what's happening here I, I mean I do wonder funny enough I was talking to somebody about this the other day about selling out and you know here at the last movie outpost we try to be as um, integral as possible you know to to any of the movies and I know I've reviewed I think last year I reviewed Pig and I, I didn't get Pig at all with Nicolas Cage no, didn't get it and is that other the one did. where the, the kid is born a pig or something no 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 that's Lamb <laughs> what is pig? There's another, there's another one called beef. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no um, pig is the one where he's the truffle. He's got a pig that snuffs. Oh, right, the 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 Nick Cage one. Yeah. yeah, and I just I didn't get it. But I mean, I I often sort of wonder if if you know one of these big um community uh, one of these big companies came up to me and sort of said, hey, you know, um, if you like our film, we'll we'll pay you off. And I think to myself, I wonder how much it would cost me you know probably a donut um <laughs> and i would i would completely sell out but i mean I, I i do wonder that i do wonder with the critics and stuff that if they are told you know you have to give this a good score so give it a good score you know and 
Well, there is. They cert- I don't know if it's pure. I don't think it's like they're writing no. a check to these guys, but I do think there is something about access and be, you know, like if you give something a shitty review, then you, you don't get into the next press junket. Yeah, which, sort of which thing. you know. Yeah. So I think there is some corruption that's gone on there. Yeah, but I can't imagine, that, especially in someone like Hollywood, that there's. <laughs> just like an equal leveling like you say that if if you didn't like somebody's movie last time it's kind of well no i appreciate that i didn't think it was very good but still come to the next one and i'm sure you'll enjoy it type of thing it is like you say you, you didn't like the last one so no <laughs> you can't make all these uh you can't make all these movies and support them all with tickets just from critics there are not enough of them yeah. <laughs> you know you Wasn't got it oscar to... wilde who said critics are like um, generals who come down after a battle and shoot the survivors. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, if you're not, you know, here's a movie that's connecting with audiences clearly. Now, was it the best movie I've ever seen? Is it something I'd have to watch again? You know, it's not a, it was a, it was a good movie. I'm glad I saw it. It was much better than I expected it to be. Is, is it an overly religious movie? I don't see it that way. Um, I see it as more of a, you know, a hero's journey, overcoming, mm-hmm. learning. Um, you know, I think the message in there was that, you know, suffering is, suffering is a blessing in a weird way. Um, yeah. His suffering, because he was suffering, he was able to take on and inspire a lot of people. Now, who wouldn't want to be somebody who inspires a lot of people? Who wouldn't it's, want to it, get that opportunity, even if it's just your family, right? It's kind of weird that you say that, though, because like you say, because you said it yourself, you know, it's quite an inspiring story and that suffering is a good thing. But yet we see so much of the opposite in Hollywood at the moment that anybody who seems to suffer the outrage of being mispronounced as a gender, right. you know, they, they immediately cave and, you know, upset and screaming and shouting. And, and it's kind of... Mm, yeah like i say you know some suffering is actually good it teaches you valuable lessons but you're obviously not learning anything from your lessons are you because you just scream and shout and yeah yeah i don't i don't understand i mean it's a good message it was not preachy like you should you know there was nothing in there about believing in god or else you're going to hell you know that was that's what that's what the religious community um that's where they failed that's where they mm. lost everybody. Because yeah. if you don't think that the religious right wasn't in charge of this country for a, a good portion of the 20th century, <laughs> yeah. you're out of your mind. <clears throat> but they they got careless. They got lazy. They didn't give people a reason to go to church or to believe mm. in, in this stuff. They didn't. They, they had so many. Pro- I mean. I remember, and I think it all started with this. I remember all the televangelists, just one after the other, falling into some sort of corruption or scandal, <laughs> yeah. um, constantly. You know, because you're preaching this stuff that you're the not lo- living yourself, right? The Lord says, "I need a new plane." Yes. And he has asked me to ask you, you know, the poor people to, to send the money in. Now, God <laughs> wants you to buy me a water park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're banging women left and right. And, you know, the money is going no place. They did themselves in. And then when you say, well, why should I believe in this stuff? It's like, because you go to hell. It's like, 
It's fucking, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a re. I mean, you know, if that's why you're doing it, because you're just frightened, you're not you're not growing as a person or anything. I, the thing that always annoyed me with that was is how some parents would say to their children, "If you lie, you go to hell." And I used to think to myself, "I understand it. If hell exists, I understand somebody like, say, Hitler." going to hell because he killed millions of people and he started a war and everything else but a young boy telling a lie that seems a bit bit unfair you know sort of i um, i do understand like when you're five you're telling the kids yeah. that same reason you tell them you know if you're good you'll get gifts from santa claus at christmas you know it's 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 not you can't you can't go into you know the Plato's Republic at age five. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. you got to you, you can't get into Aristotle and some heavy shit like that. You have to go into it with you know some simple you oh, know cause and you effect Plato, ideas. I, th- I thought you said Plato. <laughs> Pla- no, no, that's a completely different Greek, Pla- Greek Pla- Plato's philosophy. Re- Plato's Republic. I'm telling you, that's advanced Plato right there. Um, I have built, therefore I have made. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is is that we've i think i had a point somewhere um <laughs> i i get where religion you know you, you teach them young uh, kind of simple cause and effect stuff and then you get the yeah. more advanced stuff but they got lazy they didn't do any of that yeah. and they just got up on tv and said you going to hell and they they amped up their southern accents and they just they give anybody reason and then when you have you know the even the catholic church diddling all kinds of kids and everything else mm-hmm. why should we believe in you you know yeah now it's- is the secular religion of the state is it learning any of those lessons no in fact it's taking those those ideas of hypocrisy and turning them up to 11 <laughs> Well, it's what everybody's doing. So we just thought we'd join in. Yeah. <laughs> Politicians so, are doing it. Disney's doing it. <laughs> it's it's And it's sad because this movie does not, seems to get back to the idea of why people, we're religious people, most of us. Yeah. I mean, we, I hate to say it, and that'll dovetail nicely into our next movie. Uh, but we are a religious people willing to follow and believe in stuff even if it isn't in our best interest or even if it isn't correct just because it feels good yeah and this movie father stew said hey you know if you really want to believe the, the reason why you do this is to understand to deal and find meaning in your suffering yeah which is yeah not and and that the meaning is what makes it worthwhile, not being a rich and famous actor. Hmm. So interesting. So that's 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 quite a good review then, because it does sound very interesting. I, I I didn't know what it was about. All I knew was kind of Mark Wahlberg was a boxer. That's kind of the only thing I got from from reading through the IMD probe. I, oh, easy, easy. Yoda spilled his drink. That's that's gonna not gonna keep him sober for long enough till oh. the end of the stream. <laughs> All right. I'm going. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to mop up. So I'm going to put you on. You go ahead. Talk right. away. And uh, in fact, well, that, this will be easy then, because I mean, if we're going to talk about Life of Brian, I could I could sit here and probably render the whole thing because uh, I have seen it. Um, yeah, I probably I would say I know Word Perfect. I think I probably know Holy Grail better because I, I I've always preferred Holy Grail over Life of Brian, but Life of Brian is brilliant. And speaking of Easter movies, obviously, um, this is what everybody's celebrating at the moment, Easter. And so it's it's one of those movies, I said the other day, how weird it is that you watch 
my dad was a big fan of uh, Jesus of Nazareth with Robert Powell, uh, which is a good rend- rendition by, God dear, how I remember this, Franco Zaffarelli. Brilliant cast in it. Um, but now when you watch it, you only, you only think of the, stuff, of the scenes from, from Life of Brian. I kind of hate it when parodies do that. There's a bit in The Simpsons where... Um, they take off the shining and and now when i watch the shining and see the blood coming out of the elevator i just hear mr burns's voice going that's strange the blood usually gets out on the second floor <laughs> and life of brian is like that that this this you can't kind of watch a religious film without then or watch a film about jesus without remembering what it was like with um with the life of brian <laughs> the bit that always gets me is um when they're carrying the crosses down the street <laughs> And the, I think it was Terry Jones comes up to this guy and goes, oh, my goodness me, you... Oh, he's coming back now. I was just saying about the bit in, in Life of Brian where the guy's walking down the street and with his cross, and then this guy goes, oh, may I help you, my brother? And he goes, uh, yeah, thank you, and then just up tails and runs off. And then yeah. <laughs> for, for, like, ages, Terry Jones right at the end going, if he comes back, you'll take me down, won't you? Yes, we'll take you down. <laughs> I love Eric Idle behind him going, oh, he got you, didn't he? <laughs> he saw you coming. But I was just saying about how some parodies take the edge off them when you're watching something serious. You know, that, like I say, with, you, you know, that, you know, uh, like I say, my dad used to watch um, uh, Jesus of Nazareth growing up, uh, which with the Robert Powell version, which is it's quite a good version. It's about four or five hours long, but it's, it's quite good. But I can't watch it now without thinking of those scenes from Life of Brian really taking the edge off, you know? <laughs> All you're hearing on the, on, the, on the thing is, and you're just laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course he's brought forth juniper berries. It's a juniper bush um, <laughs> and stuff. And I mean, I, I mean, how does it go down with you? Obviously, it's a very British movie and very British sense of humor. How does it go down with you as an American? Well, Monty Python kind of exceeds boundaries, in my so, opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I found the movie even more brilliant than than the last time I saw it. And I wouldn't have been that long ago. I mean, just watching what's happening now and watching how people, and I said, we're, we're very religious people. And this kind of brings it all to the forefront, you know, Mm. and we have, we have several things going on. Um, so I, I started to take some notes. I don't have it with me, but I'll, I'll mention some of the big, big moments that I noticed that were thematically like in your face. Um, one was the the various uh, factions fighting against the establishment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the oppression, the, yeah. The, the, the oppression. It's like, well, yeah. what have the Romans done for us? And the guy writes out the aqueduct, sanitation. Yeah. Like, you know, well, it was really yeah. shitty around here before they came. <laughs> you know, and, well, and they make it safe to walk the streets tonight. You know what it was like before, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking of all these Antifa communist bastards that are complaining about everything with their iphones right <laughs> yeah, that's these right fat, i hate capitalism sent yeah, by iphone <laughs> these fat ungrateful assholes you know now yes did the romans take over versus the way america and britain are which are free countries i i mean to me it just makes it more hilarious that mm they actually can identify that, yeah, there are some good things where these ungrateful bitches can't identify anything that's good. America is the root of all evil. It's like, get fucked. 
So it's one of the roots to all evil. <laughs> uh, so I love that. I love the the little conversation where the guy wants to be a girl. He wants to be a lady. <laughs> you can't Loretta. be a lady. I, I'll call me Loretta. Yeah. It's like I want to have babies. Where are you gonna? Where's it? Where's it gonna gestate at? You don't have a womb. And, I think uh, we should okay. fight for his um, a choice of, of for being a woman. For his uh, right his, to have baby. What's the point? Yeah. Why yeah. are we fighting for the right for something that he can't be? Well, it's symbolic against his fight against the oppression. It's like symbolic of his fight against reality. I was like... And <laughs> it is how... It, there's another set... There's another... Um, in I think it's the meaning of life. There's, there's, there's a bit where there's a lady being born in a hospital and the, and the hospital administrator comes around and everything else and this baby's born and then he says, right, take it off and be, get it washed. And this woman goes, is it a boy or a girl? And uh, I think it's John Cleese <laughs> turns around that. and goes, I think it's a bit early to be um, assigning genders to it, isn't it? And he's, again, that was like, what, 78 or something or other? But they oh, had yeah. it so early. Right. 80s, something like that, yeah. And now the Judean People's Front is literally Twitter fighting for the oppression so that Loretta can have babies if he chooses to. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. And then the various factions eat themselves, right? So, like, both of them have the same idea to go and kidnap Pontius Pilate's <laughs> yeah. wife. And we've they had meet us up. for weeks. We've, we've been planning this for months. Yeah. And they meet up, you know, during the during the raid and just kill each other. <laughs> Except for Brian, who's like, we should all work together. Yeah. And I'm thinking no, no, of the because no, no, he says we um, we should be struggling together. We are struggling together. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking of the turfs versus the trans versus you know, I mean, like yeah. the, all the left, all these little factions just keep eating each other, you know. Yeah. Because um, their cause is more important than you know somebody else's. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, he says a couple of things that are nonsensical uh, because what? He, OK, so he's he's trying yeah. to get away from the Romans. Found um, the spoons. Yeah, found the spoons. <laughs> yeah, I love when they all go running in. It's like. Found the spoons. There's one place we didn't look. <laughs> it's like, would you like yeah, to so be it crucified? It's like, could be worse. Was it a crucifixion? Yeah. Oh, he could be stabbed. Stabbed? stabbed? You're a weirdo. Weird, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he falls down and, and to to make sure that he's hiding, he sort of starts spouting. Yeah, he, he falls sayings. down like there's a whole group of crazy prophets. Yeah. And you go from the It's like prophet's corner type of thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like you go from the, the one guy who's just insane. And yeah. he's like he can barely stop from eating his own poop and he's just <laughs> screaming all kinds of stuff and we're all gonna die and the world's gonna end. And then it gets a little bit more nicer, a little bit nicer. Then you finally get to the last one. He's like, and therefore Jesus wanted us to maybe find some little bits and not lose the tools in the garage. <laughs> I love the fact that this is one guy fascinated with what he's saying. Yeah, well, fascinated. Because one bloke going, Ah, ah yeah. Ah. <laughs> Sometimes the children take the tools and don't put them back where they're right. supposed to. And then, and then he and, and another man shall borrow another man's hammer and then and not give it back. And not give it then. back. It's very mundane stuff. Well, yeah. he lands. Uh, he's up there hiding for the Romans and the the balcony, the shitty, shitty balcony. It looks like it's made of balsa and hope, and it just falls. And he he knocks one of the prophets into a into an urn and he's like 
malprofit. And so he decides to start playing that up just so the Romans won't notice him, you know, the hiding in plain sight. And so he does that and he kind of trails off and people start just, he didn't say anything. And, and immediately they're completely smitten. And then they just start chasing him all over the place going, you're the Messiah, you're the Messiah. He lost a shoe. No, no, yeah. it's the gourd. It's the he gourd, needs the yeah. gourd. You know, they, they can't agree. So they immediately begin going, you know, sectioning off and into different religions. forming their own factions from, yeah, right. that's right, from the, from the same guy. <laughs> from, from at the very beginning, they begin dividing up into factions. And, um, and he's just a guy that's just like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you know, that's all he really the, wants. He wants to get laid bit, and get left the fuck alone. The bit that gets me about that is, I think it's John Cleese, when they follow him up to the mountain away slot, and he says, oh, no, you're a very good messiah. I should know. I followed a few. I followed <laughs> and, a few. <laughs> and to me, again, that's kind of like, you know, the the way the world is at the moment, that it's kind of, you know, sort of, oh, um, I'm I'm trans. Are you? I feel a bit trans as well. Yes, I think I'm going to be trans, you know, and just people just literally pick up these things and run with them. And it, like you say, you know, sort of, I imagine all these people that were trans, you know, six months ago, they were all wanted to be women. And then six months before that, they were all flat earthers. And six months before that, you know, it was whatever other bandwagon they were going to jump on. And again, it's 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 amazing how ahead of its time it was as a movie. I, I and, loved I loved how all the... Um... Like all like, well, it was really the the main one, the People's Front of Judea, the Judea. I don't know whichever one it was. <laughs> yeah, the PFJ, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> so they he he gets them all to do this stuff for him, but he yeah. doesn't do that. He's got <laughs> yeah, a bad right. back, right? <laughs> that's like the bit where, where he says, um, "There is not one of us who wouldn't give our lives for our cause." Uh, Reg. Oh no, it's one of us. <laughs> one of us. But but the, that's just it. Reg wouldn't. You know, yeah, yeah, he would, yeah. he stayed behind. And then the actual leaders of these factions, of these oppressed factions, they just gather money and and run proclamations yeah, and do and, all this nonsense stuff. But they yeah. don't actually do anything except keep themselves, <laughs> you know. And, talk. and just sort of, yeah, they, they, they get everybody all riled up and sort of, right, okay, yeah, this is what we're going to do. These are the plans that we're going to make. All of us will be going, apart from Reg, who has got a bit of a bad back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they actually say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yes, we got to start taking action. That's right. All we do is talk. You're right. That's all we do is yeah, talk. Yeah. I'm going to put that down in the minutes. You know? it's like it's just... I love, I, again, I love the bit when she comes in saying, no, this is our time for action. We can actually do a little bit of gig for the feminists. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Loretta. <laughs> Again, it's it's so weird how, again, just how advanced they saw the social conscience of what they did. They saw it all because because none of this is new. No. It's just it may be new subjects, it's, but it's not new. It's the same yeah. bullshit, and they they tagged it all perfectly. I do love. I think one thing they also saw, and I'm gonna. I may piss some people off here, but I do believe that most outrage right now is driven by women. And in the beginning, I can't the, argue with them. The only people at the stone, you're only allowed to be a man at the stoning. So there's a big beard business. <laughs> you can buy yeah. these fake beards and pretend yeah. to be women. And all the women, they are ready. They got the rocks and they're ready to say, stone this guy for saying the word I, Jehovah. I love the fact as well that the, the guy selling stones 
Yeah, yeah but not this, not this quality. Not and this again, one. it kind of it kind of shows that people will just, you know, like with Apple, you know, there's a new Apple phone coming out. Well, I've got an old one. Yeah, but this is a new one, you know, and it's like, oh, right, I must have that then. And, 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 and what, again, it's... And what are you buying the stones for to hurt people? And when you yeah. buy Apple iPhones, how many people oh, yeah. died in those freaking plants? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, that made them. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's not exactly one-to-one, but you get the idea. Yeah. And then all these women, I mean, they are they are up for it. They all have the fake beards, you know. And, like, <laughs> one of them throws it too early. Like, all right, who did that? Me, me, me. They have to deepen their voices because they forget. Uh, I love the way he sort of goes, there any women here? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, yeah, women would be the first to persecute in that yeah. situation. Absolutely. They'd be, and, it, and it, maybe that's why they had the law. It's like, no women. And then, so they just get around. They all buy beards. They're like, we've got to stone people, man. got to do it. it again, I, see, it's funny. I'd, I'd never thought of it in, in that respect, really. But again, what I didn't either what, until I watched it yesterday. What got me again about that scene as well is is that you've got men dressed as women dressed as men. Yeah. <laughs> as well, you know, you've got all these guys men pretending to, be, pretending women, to be, women, be women, dressed as men. Being, yeah. So they won't get found of, out as women, which they're not. I mean, some of them are women. Some of them are actually women. Yeah, but yeah. But they, I mean, again, it's kind of it. Like you say, that whole weird thing that we've got going on with the whole trans thing and everything else. I think in in ten years' time, all these people who were then who who have transitioned will then want to become you know dressed as men or whatever and again it's just kind of <sighs> yeah i worry about it it's like you know back in the day you like look back at your pictures in the 70s like i can't yeah. believe i wore those striped bell bottoms of course, i can't believe i was a woman three years ago yeah <laughs> yeah when you do that you just like stop wearing the bell bottoms when you decide to you know it's like i really yeah, want yeah. my dick back <laughs> I'm glad uh, I kept it in a jar in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I just saw and of course there's just funny, regular funny moments. The the spaceship moment is the most bizarre. <laughs> just for no reason, a spaceship picks up Brian and they go on a space battle war with Brian pisses in his pants and then it wrecks and then he stumbles out of it and then the movie continues. Why is this yeah. in here? I don't know. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. I have no idea why that's in there. Oh, you lucky bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do um, like the, uh, I do like what he's painting, uh, when he's doing the graffiti <laughs> and the rush and the, and the Roman soldier comes up to him. And he's like, what's it supposed Ro- to say? It's like Romans go Romans, home. Yeah. Well, Romans do. Conjugate. They go conjugate. It should be Romanus. At two. Of Roman. <laughs> Now do it a hundred times. <laughs> so he does it a hundred times. It's like all over the wall and everything. And then the, right. And don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and then other Roman soldiers like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's, um, like, it's, uh, it's funny because the, on the Criterion DVD, there's a couple of um, missing scenes. And at one point you meet, it's like the Judean people's front or whoever it is. One of, one of these other factions, but it's the suicide squad. And it says, um, they meet up with Brian. It's such a great scene. They meet up with Brian and they say, we are the suicide squad. We can commit suicide at a moment's notice. And he goes, oh, oh, oh right. And he goes, oh, you don't believe us. He goes, no, 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 I do. He said, right, suicide squad, um, prepare swords. And they will pull their swords out. And he goes, put suicide sword. And they got these little like holes on their chest, which they yeah, move they, aside. They, they do that at the end. 
Oh no no no! But in in this scene, I, I, know, them... I, I know the scene you're talking about. But I mean, they do do the same thing at the end, which is hilarious because it they... just shows all these people who are doing it for. Or, that yeah. is the ultimate virtue signal that happened there. Yeah, it didn't do anything, but boy, they felt like good people yeah. about it, even if they had to kill themselves. But in the deleted scene, um, he goes, "You see, our whole squad is committed suicide." Jones, uh, are you still alive? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, what, what are you, sir? I thought it was a practice, sir. And all of them thought it was a practice, and so they all get up and walk off. <laughs> you know, they just sort of thought, oh, it's just a practice, so we're only going to pretend to kill ourselves. <laughs> um, but, yeah, at the end, they, like I say, yeah, I've forgotten that, but, yeah, they do actually sort of, yeah, all do kill themselves at the end, don't they, um, uh, the, and stuff. It's, again, it's... Almost. Almost. See, I haven't seen it for ages now. Didn't you I should have watched, watched it. it. For, no. Pre- Eggie did. God damn it. You're supposed to do preparation <laughs> for this thing. Be a professional, I, god damn it. I, I, I was going to, but I thought I knew it well enough to be able to do it. I can quote most of it. I, I'm talking uh, about at the end during the song, which is the greatest ending of any movie, in my opinion. I don't know if that's the most ironic song ever. <laughs> yeah. It almost... It, it's, it's gone... It's it's gotten bigger than the movie, yeah. And it's almost like it's it's circled back around to sincerity, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but during that, and, and those of you who don't know, they're singing. Uh, Always look on the bright side of life, and you got just this row of people crucified. You see these heads bobbing back nodding because that's the only thing the they music, can move. Because that's the only thing <laughs> they can move. And at one point, you you see the all the dead Judeo's people's front. They just the suicide squad. They all committed right. suicide for Brian to get him off the cross, which did nothing. It's like, oh, that'll show him. Show him what? You know. But then during the song, they just they just cut to them for a second. All of them are tapping their toes. The dead. Oh right, yes. No, I do remember that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember that now. Um, there's another missing scene as well where he's got the three um, or shepherds that have been that apparently saw the angels they had to go and tell everybody else and you've got these three shepherds sitting around and, and the, the, the conversation sort of just goes I love sheep oh they are great aren't they no I mean I really love sheep <laughs> what anyway they hear something so they throw this stone and then these two other shepherds come over and one's going oh they broke my nose they broke my nose and he's going we have just seen glad tidings from an angel no don't tell them don't tell them they just broke my nose <laughs> and so they're not going to tell them the glad tidings of a savior has come just because this guy broke this other guy's nose and stuff it's worse if you can find them and um, the the deleted scenes are very good i, I um, know i've seen them they sound familiar but i haven't watched it in a while it's it's the same with the old opening sequence of um because <laughs> an expression i use quite a lot is well did i dream it <laughs> <laughs> when he's um well three wise men walking around and thing doesn't sound very wise to me they're all <laughs> drunk <laughs> well, and it's the fact gold that frankincense and myrrh what what myrrh? what's myrrh then it's, it's an ointment bomb. no it's a valuable bomb it's a, a bomb. bomb a what bomb maybe a bomb for yeah <laughs> and then she the goes she, well. you think she's saying bomb and then she goes yeah. those are the worst animals ever with the teeth it's like <laughs> yeah. oh, wait maybe there's no animal called a bomb <laughs> No, there's not. The, the, bit that, the bit that gets me is is when they walk out and then they come back in and push her to the ground. And they go outside and there's this holy light shining. Not sure how they else. missed that, but. Yeah. <laughs> it is, again, it's just uh, what, I, what I've always loved about Python is is 
their jokes are incredibly clever, but at the same time, they are just really stupid. And, you know, that combination of sometimes actually making you think with a joke, but then other times just making you just laugh because yeah. it's stupid. I mean, what there there is no big meaning in biggest dickus and Wadja and Wadwick. There's <laughs> yeah, no meaning right. oh, there. Brian, that's a good one. Brian, yeah. And you got, like, he's trying to say all these names and just all the Jews are just laid out <laughs> laughing. <laughs> what about Samson? Yeah. And Samson the Sadducee Slayer. And... <laughs> Which again, we just—it was so stupid to do that. In in, oh, it's just—it's they are. It's it's amazing how stuff like that. When you, th I mean, I'm just trying to think now of like a modern comedy that's made me laugh, and it's nothing comes to mind. Not not like that. Not in a long time. I, the last time I remember, just getting laid out in a movie. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was it was. With an Indian guy that was going with a American girl who had health problems, and the father was played by the Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Ray, um, um, Ray. I was going to say Ray Mysterio. Then the rest uh, of them. no Ray. Um, Ray oh, Romano. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and the father character he's playing is not quite up on his different countries races and stuff like that so he sees indian and he thinks arab and he's not mean <laughs> about it or anything but he's just uh, you know he's just doesn't yeah it's hard for him to tell the difference and so when the boyfriend is at the hospital they're cutting the hospital together he starts making small talk he's like uh so uh you know ray romano so uh 9 uh <laughs> what do you think about that huh <laughs> terrible you think it was terrible and the, the guy's kind of taken aback by it. he's like yeah I mean we lost like 19 of our best guys <laughs> that, is, that is good <laughs> and I just lost it I just it came out of nowhere and I just started laughing my ass off uh, I'm trying to think of the last time in the cinema I actually like proper laughed and I can't I can't think of anything not in the cinema. I mean, obviously, it's been different because we've, we've had the pandemic and everything else. That was actually I, in the cinema. And that's been many years ago, like five, six, seven years ago. But, yeah. Now, to be fair, most of the movies I go to see now are the roller coaster movies that I want to see on the big screen. So it's going to hmm. be an Avengers Endgame or you know, Batman or whatever. You can but, you can kind of wait for comedies for yeah, streaming. Yeah, I, I probably it wouldn't doesn't have gone need the big screen seen, experience. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone and seen Father Stew if my wife didn't want to see it. I do want to see everything everywhere all at once. I'm hearing good things. Yes, a twenty four again. I'm yeah. Some, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite sold on that already. I like so I saw the trailer and it was just like, yep, yep, quite up for that. So, I I but back to life of Brian. I mean, I just there was. One good joke after another. One good moment after another. I I don't think it. I don't think it's as good. Or it didn't make me laugh as much as Holy Grail. See, I said whilst you're away. I I've always preferred Holy Grail over Life of Brian. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just find it much funnier. Much much funnier. But Life of Brian is definitely has more to say and is more relevant. Mm. Because because Holy Grail is just is just uh, bullshit, Almost like, medieval yeah. King Arthur. It's just it's just fun. 
there's there's not saying anything really deep in there. The closest they get is, you know, can't see the violence in hands in the system, you know. Uh, help, help, I'm being oppressed. You know, that, that kind well, of they stuff. Well, they do talk to God. Of course it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like those miserable psalms. They're so depressing. They're so depressing. <laughs> I, do, I, I, I never not laugh when they're doing the the song in Camelot <laughs> yeah. and Camelot and they're, they're dancing and then they just cut yeah they just cut yeah. the guy chains he's going he's just still clapping he's just happy to be involved they've muted all the songs and everything you can't hear any of it you just see him just by himself just hang clearly emaciated and everything else he's like <laughs> I love the well, uh, the fact as well that after that they just sort of go, actually, let's not go to Camelot. This is a silly place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they think it's silly. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Besides, it's only a model. Yeah. Um, it's more quotable. Like- I mean, my, the the Holy Grail is more quotable. It it's it doesn't have, you know, the, the life of Brian has more of a through story going. Yeah. Working. Where, where he's kind of thing is more it's more sort of like a series of sketches yeah it is loose loosely loosely tied into this sort of story that's going on um i mean when I he comes in... out butt naked he's like you all gotta think for yourselves and they all chanting you and said yes we must all think for think ourselves for us. <laughs> and then one guy one guy goes i don't um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you were the only one you know i mean it's just that's it's one of those mind-blowing jokes it's like i love it i love it to death I love this well. The bit that always gets me is they're all talking in unison, in perfect unison. And then we said, can I ask you a question? Are you a virgin? Am I a virgin like this? And then they all go, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If, if it's not too personal. If it's not too personal, how does it get more personal than that? I was just thinking um, Sean would have liked this conversation because it's the bit where she says, um, you mean you were raped? Well, at first, but then after a while. After a while. <laughs> I love this well the randomness of do do I have a big nose, Mum? Oh stop thinking about sex. <laughs> I love the what? I love the, the, the big nose guy, the guy that keeps picking his nose at the beginning. Well he doesn't really. He just <laughs> yeah, yeah, accusing just, him and he just gets madder and madder. Nose, yeah. He's the first one we find up on the cross at the end. Ah, <laughs> oh, coming down, I'm gonna beat the crap. I'm gonna thump you one. Like you're on the cross, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I love as well that the whole Sermon on the Mount is then sort of, you know, blessed are the cheese makers. No, I think it's um, all dairy um, manufacturers of dairy products and that kind of thing. Oh, no, it's the great, but it's not the great. Oh, I'm glad of that because they have a little time of it, you know. <laughs> Stuff. Oh, and it's you, the meek. Again, the you, meek. Can kind of, you can kind of imagine that there are people at the back sort of going, what did he say? Blessed are the cheese makers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just not actually. The, the mundane hearing. nonsense that goes on this you know here's jesus trying to say something very profound and they're just you can't get past the mundane <laughs> nonsense you know and it's the, the, hilarious the other bit the other bit that gets me is um uh when he's um he's walking back and he's going uh oh yeah arms for an ex-leper <laughs> and he says um, then jesus come along cures me leaves me without a living you got a there's no please there's no some people yeah that's what yeah, jesus yeah, said <laughs> Because again, you're kind of thinking, you know, he had a living and now that's been taken away from him. But at the same time, he's now got perfect health. So, you know, why why isn't he gone and just got a better job? I suppose bloody donkey owners all the same, isn't they? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, think about it. You could, it's right. You could do something for some people and they'll never get past. They'll never try. 
Yeah. Right. Well, I think as well, it, again, coming back to sort of like the whole how it is in modern day that, you know, a lot of people just sort of, you know, they have one thing cured and, and solved, but then they will just moan about something else, you know, that, and it's just kind of, no, you know, you've got over that. You can you can put that beside you now, you know, and just carry on. But again, I say I just don't some, some people just do not see it like that at all, do they? Well, what's amazing to me is that, you know, when they made this, they were taking a they were taking the piss out of religion yes. and dogma and that kind of thing, which at that time they had various points. But what's amazing to me is that how it transfers over to this perfectly to this new religion that has come yeah. up, this secular, you know, Twitter is nothing but a stoning. It, Cancel culture say, is nothing but a stoning. It's, it's how you say religion, but it's religions because I mean, you know, I, I've said this before that, I mean, 10 years ago, right. nobody yeah. believed the earth was flat. And yet now there is a following of people who firmly believe the earth is flat and they have, they have taken up this religion, you know, as, as, as fact. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, I have a feeling there's a lot of people that still believe the earth is flat, like they didn't believe the moon landing and everything. They just didn't have a venue to blurt it out on the internet for everybody to see before. So I don't know how much, I mean, there's always been the nut on the side of the, (laughs) on the corner with the sandwich sign saying the world will end tomorrow. Right. I mean, that's, that's always again. Again, it comes back to me with John Cleese when he sort of says, oh, I should know. I follow the few. And again, it, to me, it is we live in a society where, you know, I think it was um, I can't remember where I saw it originally now, but somebody wanted to put a somebody put a religious um, the Ten Commandments or something in a religious building in America. And they said that, that was wrong and everything else. So somebody else said, oh, we want to put a religious thing in it. And they, they picked like Dagon God or something or other, this like really pagan God or something. And people were up in arms about it. But it was, then after a while... It was in like a government building. And that's yeah. what people got up in arms about. I'm like going... They, you know, the, one... It's an acknowledgement of religion, which we've always been in a religious country. I mean, God, we trust is on the on the dollar bill. Yeah, I mean, it, they never said that government couldn't acknowledge that religion exists. And since most of the people, especially at that time, was was religious when they got into government, but they understood that people had different religions, and we had to respect that. So you couldn't be run by a religion. So you never came into the to the government building and tried to get your driver's license. And the guy said, well, we won't give you your driver's license unless you take Jesus into your heart. <laughs> that never happened. No. You know, no, what happened was is that there was a nice statue, you know, that had religious connotations or, or motivations, a statue of the 10 commandments and people yeah, walked I'm sure, by I'm it. I'm sure it was that. I'm sure. And they that. pissed their pants because they couldn't handle walking by a statue that said something that they disagreed with. And that was happening well before Twitter. But with it, what the point I was getting onto is, they then whoever started this or said, oh, I can't remember exactly the details, but they said that we were like paganists or satanists or something like that. But it started snowballing, and so there are now thousands of people that actually believe in it as a religion. And again, it's just kind of like. How does this happen? How you know? And, and and to me, like I say, that's what life for Brian is about. It's not about Jesus or anything else. It is about the stupidity of religion. How, like you say, literally in the first ten seconds of following Brian, they're in. They're already in a faction. They're already in factions, <laughs> and they're believing. Yeah, it was about believers, not about. because yes. like they show Jesus for one minute. Jesus is saying good things. Yeah. 
They, there was and, no there was no punch at Jesus. No. Zero. It was all the reactions to people to what they interpret as correct, and you can't talk them out of it. Mm. And again, we I think we live in that society where people are just they will blindly follow. Well, whatever. maybe we always have. Maybe yeah, that's again, part of the human safe. condition. I don't know. Um, but like you say, it's now sort of more profound on the internet that people can see it and and it not. It is amplified so. for sure. Um, and I, you know, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So you know, no. we're going to have to learn to adapt to this new reality of people. Everybody saying everything. You know, you never had to live in a. I mean, even. I, I mean, it's only been. You could probably say it's been since the advent of radio. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, until then, there was never a time where you could affect more than just the people that you knew or maybe in your town, right? People down the lo locals down the pub. <laughs> yeah, it was not something like you could do something bad and the town would know about it, but it was rare that the entire nation would know about it. <laughs> yeah, and certainly even rare that the entire world would know about it. Now, one person could you know take the wrong photograph or make the wrong snarky comment on Twitter. And you've got millions, thousands, maybe millions of people coming down on you. You can literally lose your entire career. Yeah. Not to mention just the, just the noise coming at you. The that yeah. amount of people coming at you saying horrible things. And, you you know, I, humans have never had to deal with something like that up until about 100 years ago. Yeah, that's true. I think Mike, uh, I, 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 I saw it as a quote by Mike Tyson, but whether he said it or not, but he said social media has made it acceptable for people to say things without getting a punch in the face. Yeah. And uh, and that is kind of half the problem, that these people, they can completely hide behind the an anonymity because of data protection and everything else, and so they feel that they can say what they want. And like I say, it's, it, I think the worst of it is, is sometimes people say like a faux pas or whatever it might be, but then they get death threats and all sorts of stuff. I mean, you know, I know Kathleen Kennedy, has had that that she's had death threats no i don't like the woman but i'm not going to go and threaten her life over it it's just kind of you know yeah she's upset me but okay that's she's upset me that's that's kind of it why would you I criti threaten I criticize somebody? i criticize the product that she's putting out yeah. I, her as a person i don't know her as a person i oh, yeah. make some inferences based on some of the things she said and i'll criticize it but i'm not, like i don't even want her to be out of a job necessarily i mean yeah. i don't know if this is a job for her but I don't want her to be like destitute or anything. No. I don't want that on anybody. I just saying, yeah, I mean, how miserable do you have to be to make a death threat yeah. a total stranger? Yeah, exactly. Where, like, where like, is yeah, your exactly. life, man? Yeah. It's, it is such a shame because like you say, you can't be that miserable and then function like that. It's, but I, I know people like that. I mean, I know people just in our neighborhoods. I've seen, you know, like you get just a tiny little power in a homeowners association. And these people go mental with it. Hmm. You know, it's yeah. bizarre. It's really bizarre. It is. It's very strange. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's a shame because I mean, I know um, my mum, uh, Resto. She's just recently not had good news and stuff and she's not been she's not been very well she managed to run over her own cat and so she was really upset about it and then because she was trying to miss it she um crashed into a wall so i mean i've, I've got to go down and sort her out and figure out something rather you know and like i say it's, it's it's depressing to be honest it's really you know it's really sad and it's yeah, it'll be fine it'll be fine 
I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be fine. Okay? Yeah, I suppose. I like to say it's just one of those things that it's upsetting. Some things life. in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, Seriously? don't grumble. Give a whistle. And this will help things turn out for the best. I can't believe you're doing this. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you forgot. And that's life that's smile and dance and sing. sing. When you're when feeling in the dumps, don't yeah, be silly tops. Just push your lips and whistle, that's, that's the thing. thing. And always when you come around the side of life. Hey, I got a chorus. Come on. Always when you come around the side of life. For life is quite absurd and death is quite a word. Forget about your sin. Give the audience a drink. Enjoy it. It's your last chance. Anyhow, say always look on the bright side of life. Just before you draw your breath, life's a piece of shit. When you look at it. That's a joke it's you do. True. You'll see it all the show. Keep up laughing as you go. No. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Come on, guys. Nothing. What have you got left? Nothing. 